Hi, my name is Sydney Mitchell. Hi, I'm Matthew Brickman, Florida Supreme Court mediator. Welcome to the Mediate This podcast, where we discuss everything mediation and conflict resolution. Well, hey, everyone. I'm Sydney sitting here with Matthew on today's episode of Mediate This. We have been receiving tons of questions from you, our listeners, for us to talk about. And today we're going to be tackling one of those questions. After a divorce, who pays for student loans and the children's credit cards after the age of 18? Matthew, I've read this question a couple of times. I'm a little confused about the the after 18 part, but I'm going to read it again and then you take it where you want to take it. Okay. The question says, after a divorce, who pays for student loans and the children's credit cards? So, yeah, this is maybe it's just the way that they worded it when they submitted it. Um, the way that I'm reading this is basically, let's say, for example, mom and dad have one child. Okay. I'm just going to use this as an example. Mm-hmm. Mom and dad have one child. Make it as simple as possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. We're not, they have five kids. Now mom oh, and dad have one child. Let's say that this child is 20 years old, has credit cards and has student loans. And now mom and dad are getting divorced. Are mom and dad responsible for the child's credit cards sure. and the child's student loans, or is the child responsible? And that, that's one way to read it. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer it that way, and then I'm going to read it a different way, okay? So if mom and dad are getting divorced, and they've got a child that's over the age of 18, and that child has their own student loans and their own credit cards... It, a lot of it goes the same way, Sydney, that we would just treat mom and dad's credit cards, which is the bank cannot supersede the court. The court cannot supersede the bank. If the child signed the mm-hmm. loan docs for their student loans, they're responsible. If but the child for- signed up for their credit cards, they're responsible. But what if mom and dad co-signed for it, right? Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Yeah, what if what if mom and dad co-signed then for it? Well, then it doesn't matter what we do in family law. The bank or the lender or the federal government is coming after both of them. It doesn't matter. Um, and so if the child is over 18 and they get their own credit cards, their own student loans, they're not considered a minor child so they're not subject to the court for anything. Mm-hmm. And if it's in the child's names, then mom and dad aren't responsible. And if mom and dad signed, co-signed for it, well, then ta- it, 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 it can go sort of two ways because technically it is their debt. So we would have to look and see when was it taken out? Was it taken out, you know, uh, pre or post filing? And a lot of it too... A lot of thing, a lot of things like this, Sydney. What I've seen is it doesn't really matter what the law says. Mom and dad usually have their own understanding because it's their child. Sure. So they've already like, and and, and I've, I've actually had a number of mediations where like mom and dad came and they said, "Look, you know what? We've got these debts, and we're each going to be fifty percent responsible. This is our child. We don't care." So if, if we even have to mention it in the agreement, just put that we're each going to be 50% responsible. Okay, great, fine, whatever. Now, let me read this another way. After a divorce, who pays for the child's student loans and credit cards 
after the age of 18. Well, let's say, for example, that the child um, somehow got credit cards or and, and, and this happens. You've got, I mean, these days we've got so many kids doing dual enrollment that mm-hmm. before they're 18, they're actually getting student loans and they're graduating with an AA, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, who's responsible for that? Well, if the child is not emancipated, again, we have to look at who signed the docs, right? Like who signed, who, you know, who, you know, who's a co-signer, who's responsible for it. Um, and so, you know, and how do the parties want to deal with it? We're in mediation. Everything is negotiable. And so um, when dealing with kids' debts, I haven't had that much with kids' debts. Um, what is interesting is, you know, some states, child support goes till 21. Um, so maybe this was submitted to somebody like that, where a parenting plan and child support, or sorry, not a parenting plan, child support goes till 21. And so what happens if an 18 year old who can get a student loan and get credit cards gets one and they're still child support, right? I think still it goes to, well, who signed up for it? If the child signed up for it, well, it's the child's. Now I've also, and I'm going to go in another direction here because this is sort of a loaded question, right? Mm-hmm. I've had it where like dad, and I had one two days ago. So this is recent. Dad had, I think it was like five or six different retirement accounts. They were all funded during the marriage. So it's all marital monies. I mean, but two of the accounts were in his kids' names, one in his son's name, one in his daughter's name. Okay, so is that half of that mom's money or is all of that off the table and it's the kid's money? Mm -hmm. Because here's the deal. Dad can't start an IRA for a child. He has to give the child the money and then that gets funded from the child, right? Well, so is that a gift? I don't know. In this mediation that I did have, mom was like, yeah, yeah, that's our kids' money. That's not to be touched and distributed. Okay, fine. Like I said, everybody has their own idea. This this mom and dad had said, no, that's our kids' money. Leave it alone, right? Mm -hmm. I have had a mediation or two in the past where they said, I don't care if it is. That's marital funds. I want half of it. And yeah. It was technically marital funds that funded it for the kids. And so at that point as a mediator, Sydney, I posed the question to make the statement of, look, there's only so much money around to go to, you know, to go around. It's either going to you or your kid. Where do you want it? It's like, do you want to take it from your kid so you can have it? Or do you want to leave it with your, it's going one of two places. Either you're going to take it from your kid or you're going to leave it for your kid. And usually most parents don't want to be that parent. (laughs) <laughs> that took money from their kid and is forever yeah, known well, that you, you like depleted that. their college <laughs> savings, right? Yeah. So now, um, another thing that I run into is vehicles because you know they're they're you know maybe they've had a car. They're mm-hmm. not over the age of eighteen, but they've had a car, and now they're getting divorced. I had a mediation a couple weeks ago where you know, mom had a car, dad had two cars, and then dad was a co-signer for the son's car. Mom was a co-signer for the daughter's car. 
Okay, well, where'd the money come from for the cars? Well, it came from mom and dad. The kids aren't working, they're in school, right? Well, so do we value those as marital assets or do we leave them alone as those are the kids' assets? Again, this particular couple said, take them out of the equation. That's for our kids. More times than not, Sydney, mom and dad are like, take it out of the equation. We're not dividing up our kids. So we bought those for our kids. And plus still, look, the daughter's car, they're coming after the co-signer. The, father, you know, the son's car, the bank would come after whoever co-signed for it. So regardless of what we put in the mediation agreement, the bank's going to come after whoever is on that loan. But both of these parents said, no, 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 no. Those are our kids' cars. Even, and, you know, and, and I've had it too where like everything was in dad's name. Mom's car, dad's car, the kid's car, everything was in their name. And it's like, well, so is this all dad's assets? Well, no, mom's going to get one. Okay, fine. That's going to be mom's asset. And then the kids are going to get their own. Okay. And the parties agree. No, that's all going to come out. Mm-hmm. Everything's negotiable. But okay, I have. Yeah. Go ahead. So sorry. No, no, um, I was going to say, but that that's about all I've got for like, basically on that question, unless you have a question about that. Question. Oh yeah. My only other like extraneous situation, and maybe it, you would answer it the exact same way. Um, if a child has like, if they've incurred, um, any kind of any type of medical debt, like they had a surgery or a procedure or an accident or whatever, and the parents are in some type of medical debt that's attached to the child. Um, is that even a relevant thing to talk about? Or tell me what would what would a family do in that situation? Great question. We I, okay, I get good. that a lot. Sometimes I ask a question. I'm like, is this a really dumb question? Am I am I missing something? No, so, no, okay. no. Great question. So so yeah. So you know, I've had mediations where like, you know, the son played football and ended up having to get knee surgery. Right. Like, okay, whose debt is that? Right. Well, or does it have to do with whose insurance they're on? Yeah. You got to look and see, you got to look and see, well, and most children do not have their own insurance, right? Mom and dad's insurance, which means guess what? One of their names as an adult is on the medical bill, which right. makes it marital. So I'm in so Sydney. What's interesting is that, oh no, nobody. I don't think I've ever had anyone who said, no, 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 no. That's our kid's debt. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We're going to leave that out. No, when it comes to debts, they're like, and you're paying half of it. Right. It's weird, but like, like debts, they will, they're like, no, we're splitting. But assets, a lot of times with assets are like, no, 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 we're going to take the kid's asset out, but oh, we're splitting that debt. It's weird. Right. Okay. So, and maybe this is just a question. So this is a question I'm curious about. Okay. Um, I'm not married. I'm single for those of you that may not know me and I don't have any children. Um, I think growing up, like if I'm remembering correctly, I think maybe I have one sister. So it was just two of us. One of us was on my mom's insurance and one of us was on my dad's. Is that possible? Is that likely what would have happened? Is that what a lot of families do? Is it just, well, then whichever kid, like I'm way more accident prone. (laughs) So it was just like, you know, if my, if I was on my dad's insurance, like sucks to suck, if I get hurt, it's his responsibility. Like what are families doing nowadays to alleviate um, unexpected debt in advance? So It's very rare, Sydney. And gosh, I'm thinking maybe, I mean, and I'm talking 15 years, 2,700 plus mediations. 
I'm thinking maybe I had two or three that could barely that I could barely remember that, that they may like have that. been on separate, like on mom or mom, like each of them had a policy and each of them were going to insure a child. So that that's is a, uncommon. Yeah, that's very uncommon. You okay, and maybe I'm remembering incorrectly. And it could have been maybe like my sister and I were on my mom for medical and then on my dad for something else. I don't know. So all right, all right, okay. Well, okay. So I'm going to finish what I was going to tell you and then remind me in a second about what you just said about maybe you're on medical for one and something else for another. So, so, um, usually what happens is one of the parents is going to ensure the children because Sydney, that is a factor of child support. So, so let's say, for example, that dad is going to provide the insurance and let's say that he's spending $600 a month for his and the children's. We have to find out. So usually they have to contact HR and find out, well, what would it be for just you? And then what is it for everybody? Then we subtract that out. We know the kid's portion because yeah, that's, definitely factored, be cheaper to do them all together. that's actually factored in child support because then there is a contribution from mom to the medical insurance for the child or children, and it's factored in its pro rata portion and child support. So usually it's one parent that's covering that. I have had it where, for example, and this is what you were just talking about, where like maybe they're on dad's medical insurance and mom's dental and vision. I've had that. Yeah. And maybe that's what it was. Yeah. I've had that still all of that would go into the child support calculation. Um, but usually like one parent is covering um, the medical dental and vision. It goes into the child support calculation. And then as you're saying, like accident prone, right? Mm-hmm. So then there is a section and we've talked about this. So go back, your listeners go back and listen to when we talk about the child support section of the mediation agreement, there is a section for reasonable and necessary uninsured, unreimbursed medical, dental, optical, ophthalmic, psychological, orthodontic prescription costs, where then those, those surprises that it's not just your monthly you know, insurance mm-hmm. number, but those deduct, you know, deductibles or those co-pays or whatnot, then those are split between mom and dad based on you. It's either 50, 50, or it is based on their pro rata share. Um, and we talked about that in a previous episode of how that's done, mm-hmm. but usually it's one parent that's doing it. Um, there is now no that right I've said that and we've talked about it. It, I feel dumb, but Hey, so I'm sure somebody's done it at some point. So if that's you, listener, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're always here to recap and remind, right? Recap yes. and remind. Yes. Um, so hopefully for that particular person, that answers the question and maybe even a little bit more information than what they were looking for, for who pays for... Yeah, sorry, a, I took that on a little bit of a rabbit trail, but... Yeah, well, but you know what? It, it was sort of open-ended that led to us sort of trying to interpret for exactly what they were wanting to know. Sure. Well, Matthew, thank you so much for your insight uh, on that topic. That is extremely helpful. Uh, And I look forward to answering some more of these questions with you very soon. Occasionally, Sydney and I will be releasing Q&A bonus episodes where we will answer your questions and give you a personal shout out. 
If you have a comment or question regarding anything that we discuss, email us at info at ichatmediation.com. That's info at ichat, I-C-H-A-T, mediation.com. And stay tuned to hear your shout out and have your question answered here on the show. For more information about my services or to schedule your mediation with me, either in person or using my iChat Mediation virtual platform built by Cisco Communications, visit me online at imediating.com. Call me at 561-262-9121, toll free at 877-822-1479, or email me at mbrickman at iChatMediation.com.